Welcome to episode 15, Yas Queen, a story mode, a video game podcast brought to you by Fan Critical. I'm your host, Jesse Munro, and I am joined today by Keelan Simpson. Hey, Jesse. And Simon Evans. Yas. <laughs> it fucking rhymes well, you know? <laughs> you keep continue you. to outdo yourself. Oh, sorry, this is my peak. What am I going to do for 16? Like, nothing. Sweet mm. 16. Ugh, yeah, we're going to be in the, skip. Gonna be in the teens skip. for a while. Um, let's just skip over the rest and we'll just go to like 20. Yeah. Yeah. What runs 20? Ah, no, I don't know. I've got myself into a whole like pattern of misery with making these rhymes. <laughs> Speaking of pattern of misery, how's everyone doing? You n- wow. hit the nail on the head. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah, that, was, that was bleak. Yeah. How are we all doing though? <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 great. Guys, I bought Nintendo Labo yesterday. Hey, I was talking to you guys about the show before the show. It, I'm gonna make this cardboard shit. I'm so pumped. I am like oddly excited to make this. Which ones did you get, Jesse? I got the vehicle one. So you get a steering wheel, um, like an airplane joystick controller thingy, and a submarine. How do you control? How do you drive a submarine? Is it like a submarine. wheel? Uh, I don't know. I've, I've, I've never. I feel like submarines aren't in enough pop culture. No, I feel like they were big for a while. I don't know how you control a submarine. I don't know if it's a big wheel or a stick. I would have thought a big wheel off the top of my head because it's just basically a boat, but it's. But how do you go up and down? How do you go up and down with a big wheel? You, you have different levers for that, I assume. Well, I know you got that, that big crank, and it's like fast, and you crank it to slow. <laughs> I don't know why they just don't have a pedal. But hang on, does it come with a fire the torpedo button? If it doesn't, I'll make one. Yeah. Mm. Does it come? If it doesn't, with- I'll make one, and when I when I press it, I'll like kick my shoe at the TV or something. Like that. <laughs> does it come with cardboard torpedoes? <laughs> That'd be the best. That'd That'd be be my toilet, toilet rolls to throw at people. <laughs> just for my benefit, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit ignorant of the the whole Labo thing, so it's like a VR experience, right? No, uh, not quite. So it's you insert your Joy Cons into these cardboard contraptions you make, and doing certain actions with the cardboard, like turning a steering wheel, will action perform actions on the Joy Cons, which transfer to your screen. Ah, oh, okay. It's a really interesting concept that, unfortunately, I don't think has quite gone as well as Nintendo hoped. Yeah. But when it first got announced, I was really excited for it. I saw a lot of promise in it. I just didn't want to spend $80 on something that I'll use twice. So um, you spent $30 I, I on something you used Spent $30. Thank you, EB Games. Yes. Uh, I thought you know, parents would get it for their kids and stuff like that. And it's a really, really cool educational tool. Like, mm. to get your kids into like, thinking about, like, you know, the STEM fields, mm. it's a cool thing to do. But. Good idea. I'll do it. I'll get into the STEM fields. I'll reinvent the submarine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> reinventing the wheel, reinventing the submarine, you know. Same concept. Well, speaking of reinventing the wheel, let's just talk about a game that is absolutely going to revolutionize gaming as as we know it. Um, we had a massive um, gameplay reveal this week um, that we were all really excited for. This is a game we're actually hoping to play really soon, but it did get delayed. Um, of course, I'm speaking about Fast and Furious Crossroads. We had, in quotes, gameplay after this come out last week, um, Fast and Furious Crossroads is the movie tie-in game from Slightly Mad Studios, the studio that brought us games that look at games such as Project Cars and, to a lesser extent, Need for Speed Shift. Guys, this game looks so fucking bad. We what tried to be positive on, on the show, but sweet Jesus Christ, this vehicular heist game looks garbage. It it does. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It looks incredibly generic. It looks incredibly derivative. It looks like there's very little in the way of gameplay whatsoever. It's basically super fast car goes boom, the game. Yeah. It's 187 Ride or Die crosses Spy Hunter. And rewatching the trailer this morning, I get hints of Stuntman, but the bad parts of Stuntman. It looks like an on rails shooter. It looks like um, something like that. You're just being fed down a path and you have to just shoot some giant ass tank. Okay, I I need to know this, Jesse. Why do they have massive chain guns? The Fast and Furious gang don't kill people. They've got a huge gun on their car. It's ridiculous. Fast and Furious franchise started off with stealing DVD players and now, you know, they're kicking missiles towards each other in the later movies. Yeah, Fine. They're, they're like cool. taking somehow, down terrorist organizations. Yeah. 
Somehow this game has gone a leap too far in a dumb, dumb direction. Can we just appreciate for a moment that this was the cap on last year's Game Awards? <laughs> Jeff Keighley's like, yes, you can end my amazing show with this. They had Michelle Rodriguez, who came up and said she enjoys playing... Oh, she's, she, she pronounced Tekken incorrectly, like really wrong. Like Deacon Tekken. or something. <laughs> um, and Vin Diesel. Now, Michelle Rodriguez, Vin Diesel, Tyrese Gibson are reprising their movie roles in the game. Um, mm-hmm. And they'll also be joined by Sonequa Martin-Green from Star Trek Discovery and Walking Dead. Um, and Asia Kate Dillon. Um, from Billions and John Wick 3, Parabellum. Great film. Um, there'll be new characters written in into the game. Um, which they shouldn't have bothered because as bad as the gameplay looks, as bad as the graphics look, um, the voiceover Ooh. is... Whoa. A lot of people think they, that voiceover work is easy. Apparently it's not. Nope. Um, no. I, the, it is so disjointed from the rest of the game. It's just like, whoa, better not go down there. Oh, no. Woo. My personal <laughs> favorite, Tyrese, with the, now that's what I call evasive maneuvers line. Okay. <laughs> I've got a question about this. Now, Keelan, you know Fast and Furious more than I do. In the trailer, Michelle Rodriguez um, mentions use that thing like a wrecking ball. Wasn't the Wrecking Ball scene in the film she wasn't in? I don't know. I'm not certain. I think it was, was Fast she five? In 5. I'm pretty sure she's done in 5, and that's when they do the whole Wrecking Ball scene, which kills multiple bystanders. If you rewatch it, they, they kill everyone in a cafe. Um, it's... Yeah, I mean, I, I can't look too deep into the plotline of this game. That just bugged me. Something else that... <laughs> You, you're correct, Jesse. She wasn't. Started. She wasn't in Fast wasn't in Five. So how did you remember it? This is how I knew the trailer was going to get off to a bad. Was not going to be good. It starts off. The first bit of dialogue, sorry, bit of text that pops up on the screen is "Take down with epic gadgets." Why is that the first thing I see? You haven't given me any any sort of build up of like a story, any sort of racing. It's just the first thing is. Take down with epic gadgets. Something that you would expect to see maybe a minute or two into the trailer. Um, <laughs> you see, they're trying to shoot down some sort of monstrous hovercraft. Yeah. It's like a with- tank thing. Yeah. Tank, and tank I like hovercraft like a- with like laser jets or something. I don't know. Yeah, and there's like a part where like the one of the voiceovers is like, oh, we did it. And Michelle Rodriguez is like, no, we didn't. It's like, what? <laughs> what was the point in that line? But then you see Dom comes in. And he hears these spikes coming out of the sides of, you know, sides of his wheels. Which, okay, if you are going up against a car in this vehicular combat of yours, if you're going up against another car with rubber wheels, okay, you can see how that's effective. He uses it against a tank. Tanks, mm-hmm. famously known for their treads. Mm-hmm. What is happening? Like, I, I also, don't understand. You, you fight a rocket. That's what I was going to say. Jesse, a long time ago... Well, you and I had a conversation yep. and we're talking about how Fast 10 will be in space. They're yeah, going to go to space. X. <laughs> it's going to be called Fast X and they'll go into space and Elon Musk will be in it. I'm, exactly. I'm, I still stand by it. It's going to happen. And it's, I'm all for this it. Is a and hint. then Fast 11 will have time travel. <laughs> this is the hint. It's going to happen, Jesse. They now, were fighting why? a rocket. <laughs> now, we say rocket. I don't, I don't work for NASA. I'll be the first to admit I work, don't, uh, don't work for NASA. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for that. I wasn't Why sure. Why is this rocket taking off horizontally? Don't they normally go up? Because that's where space is? It's to space give the cars a upstairs. chance to defeat it. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. Multiple points here. At the start of it, this, this piece flies off the rocket. Okay. And it's not quite known what it is. It's just like this box of pipes coming out of it. It looks like a part of Willy Wonka's fucking factory flies off it. <laughs> and then Vin Diesel drives through the, the rocket, like the flame behind the rocket, you know, killing him instantly, but whatever. These yeah. cars somehow keep up. Uh, sorry, take that back. These cars catch up to the rocket. So therefore going a little bit faster than the rocket can. And you're... you're Fighting other cars, kind of burnout, takedowns. Like you have takedowns come up on the screen, stuff like that. And then you you jump onto the rocket. What is happening? 
This game, like, making a Fast and Furious game should be relatively easy. Mm. They, they, they try to shoehorn bullshit storylines into racing games all the time, so just make a racing game and shoehorn, shoehorn your bullshit storyline in. You've been doing it with films for the last 15 fucking years, and we're cool with it because the movies are hype as fuck. Jesse, they're, they're, I'm so angry. <laughs> I think this perfectly captures the spirit be- behind the, the Fast and Furious films. Continuous escalation. It's just getting worse and worse and worse and more extreme <laughs> with each step. I think that's See, okay. good. More extreme. They're getting more extreme, definitely. I don't say that, I don't think they're getting worse. They're, they're realizing what they are. I think everyone... Sorry, I'm going to take it back. Everyone who watches the films know what they are but whenever i see interviews with the cast members i think they believe they're making some sort of high art um <laughs> the way well, they talk about it let me rephrase it rather than saying worse i mean um more over the top and less believable less grounded in reality <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with that but yeah i don't know that's why but, i love um, the films um, um, the game has I was just going to say, like, going back like a step to where you're saying, oh, just make a racing game, then shoehorn your storyline. This would be the perfect opportunity to make a Fast and Furious game, a, like, referenced thing, be about racing again and street races. Right? Yeah. I was thinking. Fast back into Fast and Furious. Right? Like, Midnight Club 3, for example. Yeah. Fucking excellent game. They could have basically just taken that verbatim. Dropped a couple of characters and done. Done. I'm, I'm, all, I'm good with that. Yeah, 100%. Um, now, the game has been delayed. It will be coming out for... Oh, sorry, I think I've got a typo here. I've got it down here as being coming out on PS4 and Xbox One. Surely that's not true. Um, <laughs> I think it's coming out on iOS and Android. August yeah, that, that seems a lot more believable. Yeah. It looks... It, it Honestly, it looks like the sort of bullshit... Um, uh, mobile game trailer you get before a YouTube video. And one of those like awful unskippable ones as well. Yeah. Where you're like, I just want to skip. Let's this, play please. Fast and Furious Crossroads. Take down with edge epic gadgets. Edgy gadgets? Yeah, edgy gadgets. We'll go with that. Ed- edging gadgets. That's yeah. Edging gadgets edging, you can edging get gadgets. from a different store. They're gonna show you how you can upgrade your car as well, the different levels. Oh, it's gonna be perfect. Level well, level one noob, level fifty <laughs> boss. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Well, all I know is that when I play this game, I'm going to need to be drunk as fuck. But speaking of eating and drinking while playing video games, Keelan. Oh, have I got a story for you guys? So, recently. I'd hope so. It's called <laughs> Story Mode. <laughs> <laughs> Use. I love, I love right. that you have a victory okay. sip of your V then as well. That Jesse, you're like, ha ha, joke. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I ate that drink. I Back that on sip. topic, a recent study from an, an analytics film called uh, New Zoo. They've claimed that at least 80% of video game fans eat or drink something while they're playing video games. 80% of people. Like, that's pretty pretty consistent across uh, men and women and uh, the different regions uh, across the world as well. That got me thinking, like... I am very particular when I play games. I don't eat things unless it is little blocks of chocolates that I use to reward myself for doing challenging and difficult things. Oh, that's That's cute. Are you you trading yourself like a dog? Yes. (laughs) It works. I'm on the second to last level of Doom Eternal because I've been eating through a block of Kit Kat gold slowly. I mean, all right. Well, I can't argue with the results. Does Does the research differentiate between people drinking and people eating because people drinking 100 I, I get that yep. eating i i don't uh, what's what's the what's the split there so the research doesn't differentiate which is uh. like basically useless then um yeah. because if you're not like hydrating with water you know like a normal mm. healthy person yeah. does or alcohol if you're alcoholic like some of us Hello. Are. <laughs> hey <laughs> um if you're not doing that, then that's that's pretty concerning. Drinking's normal. You can put a drink in a container. You're not going to like mess. You're not going to spill it. It's it's well, fine. Yeah, you're not. But unless you're drinking mm. using your hands, like unless you're you're putting your hands into a liquid and then scooping it up to your face. Wait, you're not supposed to do that. Get a straw, Ooh. dude. Oh, <laughs> I put my uh, drinks. I put my drinks in bowls and then I lick it up like a cat. 
Well, I mean, you're treating yourself like a dog like with a your dog. little rewards. <laughs> now you're drinking water like a cat. There we go. Why does it sound like you're somehow like you're performing BDSM on yourself? <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, what what are your thoughts around eating and drinking while you're playing games? Like, do you have rules of, of what you can and can't eat? Are there ways that you do it? Um, e- eating's okay. a no-no for me. What's a no-no? Eating. I, I oh. can't do it. It's not just because I don't like to touch my keyboard or controller and then touch food and go back and forth because you're getting everything messy, you're getting your, 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 your dirty hands and your mouth and stuff like that. Um, I just, I don't know. There's something I need to focus on one thing. I'm scared if I play games, I'll choke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to define me, you know, with a half-made Zoo and Zoo dead because they ate a Kinder Bueno. No, Kinder Buenos are so good though. Oh my God, the white mm. ones. Um, see, right, personally, drink, pretty much anything goes. Um, I have a specific spot where my drink sits, and if it's not there, it's on the, like, same distance, other side of me, on my mouse pad. It's 100% same. One of those two locations, um, anywhere else, and I'm not happy. Mm. Eating, mixed bag. I don't eat crisps, or as you guys call them, chips. Um... Don't, don't eat those because they're greasy and horrible and no matter what you're doing afterwards you, f- you feel pretty gross so you, mm. yeah not a big fan um but I mean like yeah I've got some I've got a packet of dried mango next to me I'm gonna be Ooh. munching on that while I play Final Fantasy nice why not? Mm. you know I'm gonna be playing that uh playing playing that yeah I'm gonna be playing with the mango whilst I eat Xenoblade Chronicles <laughs> playing with the mango is yeah. Ooh. Oh god! It's the name of my new fan fiction. Um, we're not talking. Oh about, god, we're uh, not talking about the same thing anymore, guys. I've, I've created a euphemism now. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, it's a really good one. I don't want to get into. Um, it is. See, I've got a thing of if I play at night, I will have probably a gin tonic. It, it also depends on the game. Mm. Um, if I, I notice that if I'm playing something on PC, I'll have a and T. If I'm playing something on the PlayStation, I'll, I drink a beer. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, I also sometimes like to plan. If I have a big game coming out, I often take the day off work. Um, if anyone want, is wondering why I'm not, I've taken annual leave for the 19th of June. It's for The Last of Us 2. Um, I'll go get a six pack or something. I'll be like, this is my day. This is my little event. This is me partying on my own. Um, playing with the manga, if you will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely get that. drinking. I mean, you should, even if it's not, I mean, obviously not everyone should be drinking alcoholic drinks all the time. And if it's the middle of the day, I'm not going to do it or the morning. Um, but have some water. If you're going to have a big session of playing games, have some water. Yeah, yeah, always, always, always. But if, you, if, you're, if you're eating like like Pringles, you should be in jail. Yes, no, no, you should no, no, be no. in jail. Look, look, okay. Pringles are okay. No, what you should not be eating. You get stuck like- in the tube, my dude. Anything cheese-flavoured. You should not be eating cheese-flavoured chips, snacks, because you will stay in your controller, your keyboard, whatever you're using. That's the, that's, that's true, hurts actually. me. It hurts cheese me so about, much. Okay, but flavor. what about actual cheese? Because I do that. I grab, ah. like, a cheese string or two, and, you know, while I'm watching a cutscene or waiting for something to load or waiting for my friends to get back from eating their dinner, I'll just sit there and... A bigger stringers, if you're listening, and we know you are. If you want to, if you want to advertise with us, we will <laughs> do bigger stringer ads. <laughs> game, game is choice. Bigger stringers, strings. Biggest uh, stri- bigger stringers quality cheese doesn't stain fingers. So therefore, that's correct. It's okay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it doesn't leave your hands greasy or anything. Although, actually, that's a thing that I have been doing recently. Is um. Uh, like you get those fried or baked seaweed things. Oh my oh, god, I do the same thing. They're so good, but they're so greasy. So I'll yeah. eat a packet of them, but I'll have to spend. I have to eat all of it in one go. I can't touch my keyboard afterwards because your hands are so greasy. So I will spend the next five minutes just rubbing my hands on my leg to get all the grease off. Yep, that, you're, you're describing <laughs> a lot of my my days as well. You can buy like a ten pack from the store. Oh. And it is the, so the oiliest thing possible. It so is. I've banned myself from eating them while I'm playing video games. 
it's to be fair, there's always been that that shitty stereotype of like you know a gamer with their Mountain Dew and the Doritos, and I'm sure there's still people who do that, but I, that's definitely not the norm anymore. You know what? You I know just think, I think I really like Mountain Dew. Mountain yeah. Dew is a good drink, and yeah, it always it makes me uncomfortable in The Simpsons when they imply that crab juice is better than Mountain Dew. I'm like, huh, mm. I get it, because crab juice is like that's funny, but why are we putting down Mountain Dew? Like, like have like a shitty on it. drink. I really like it. Mountain Dew is good. Mountain Dew, if you're listening, you want to. Sp- <laughs> 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 New Mountain Dew, biggest string of blast in stores <laughs> now. Um, that being okay, said, Jesse, the, the Doritos are a no-go. Yeah, Doritos are no-go. Also, the weed-flavored Doritos have been coming out lately. Like, actually, speaking of Mountain Dew and Doritos, have you guys had the Mountain Dew-flavored Doritos? I have no, not, but I, I have seen them. Oh, shit, I had one lot, like two weeks ago. I haven't been the same since. That could be the cause of my headache right now. They're, uh, they're shit. They taste like... Probably giving you cancer or something. Oh, no doubt. They're probably giving me something, like, new. Yeah. COVID-20. All right. I'm going <laughs> down to the up. store after this to buy a pack. You've you got to try it. It is... I can't properly put into words. It, it doesn't taste like a flavor. It tastes like a gas. I think because when you bite it, I think that the powdered flavor on there is so fine that when as soon as you bite it, it aerates. And you start inhaling it. It's, it's a lot. But... Let's switch it up. Speaking of switching it up, oh, that was a reach. I, I, oh, I, come try, on. I tried this one. You could have gone with something that was a bit more prime, if you know what I mean. Mm. Metroid Trilogy may be coming to the Switch, Simon. Yes, yeah, so the Metroid Prime Trilogy collection is rumoured to be coming out to the Switch, which is fucking great, because I love Metroid Prime. Mm-hmm. I've played about 20 minutes of Prime. Um, my girlfriend was press- pressuring me into playing it because it's one of her favorite uh, series. I played it. I, I really liked it. I just had other things to do. So this coming out on Switch, I've said it in the past, I like that Switch is bringing a lot of their older games to... Sorry, I like that Nintendo is bringing a lot of their games to Switch. Gives a chance um, to people who kind of missed out on those, those uh, early generations. Yeah, but also it, it lines up quite well because if they do that... Then they have the entire because Metroid Prime Four is still set to come out. Yeah, in a million years' time, um, it's gonna bring some of the best Metroid games ever onto the Switch, all in one nice little area. You've, you'll have you own two cartridges: Metroid Prime Trilogy, which will have one, two, and three, obviously, as implied, mm-hmm. and then Metroid Prime Four, which will be the brand spanking new game. When where did this leak come from? Um, so this leak has come from a retailer, a Swedish game re- retailer called iNet. Not iInet for all of our Australian listeners. Mm. I, I was right. building up to that joke. You <laughs> stole my notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> ah. um, but yeah, so uh, they had a listing for the port with a release date of June 19th. That hasn't um, taken down that listing. It's a 404 yes. error now. Yeah, that 404 is now. But, um, yeah, I don't think it would be, because, what, June 19th, that's barely over three weeks away. I don't think that would be happening without, like, an announcement. That would be a huge, huge hype train for Nintendo. For one, I think they will. I think this will drop out of nowhere, because they did it with um, the Paper Mario trailer kind of came from nowhere. It's like, hey, it's coming out real soon. I think they're sort of experimenting with that and having their... I think Nintendo is sort of taking a backseat this year to Microsoft and Sony because of new consoles. So I think rather than building up hype, which will get buried under other news, bring out, just release the game, just drop it. This isn't new content. We've seen this before and stuff like that. Just release Mm -hmm. it. Have a trailer come out like a week beforehand. I don't think it'll be June 19th if it does come out though, because I believe that is Last of Us 2. I wouldn't release it that day. Yeah, no, I'd avoid Um, that one. I, I would imagine, personally, maybe end of June or July. Yeah, I agree. And if it, if they have it announced when they show off some Metroid 4, if they can show some Metroid 4 footage or more of a hint yeah, and do this hype video, holy shit, Nintendo has just brought the conversation back to them. Oh, yeah, 100%. In, in, in a crazy way. I think another little hint to the fact that this is probably legit, the... um. Samus's helmet that you meant, mentioned last week, Simon, in the Pink yes. Mario trailer. I think that was, if that's a little hint towards this, I like it. I think it's cute. Uh, yeah, I hope it is. I hope it is. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, so Metroid Prime 1, which is almost universally praised as one of the best Metroid games ever. Uh, Metroid Prime 2, which kind of flew under the radar for a lot of people because it came out, I think it was only a year and a half after Metroid Prime 1. And then Metroid Prime 3 um, came out on the Wii, so that was a different console generation, and they tried to make up the most of the Wii's power with that, but there are times when it's really rough. The Wii waiting. doesn't have much power. Well, yeah, but there are times when it's really rough waiting for like the loading screens. The Wii is was the Yamcha off. of consoles. So when you said power, I just thought of Dragon Ball Z. It's the Yamcha. Oh, no, it's the Chiaotzu of consoles. (laughs) Has to blow itself up to get anything done. (laughs) Also weird and childlike. Weird weird sidetrack here. So my partner hadn't... She's only seen bits of Dragon Ball Z. She wanted to watch it all, but we didn't want to deal with the filler. So I bought her Dragon Ball Z Kai, which cuts out a lot of the filler episodes because there is a lot of shit. And we're watching it. And because Chiaotzu... And Tian, oh, sorry, Chiaotzu is only really in filler episodes until they blow up. You don't know about the friendship um, between Tian and Chiaotzu. So the first time you see Chiaotzu is right at the start of the episode after they've blown up. So suddenly, without any introduction, there's this little dude (laughs) who just fucking blows up. (laughs) And then a montage of moments between Tian and them (laughs) remembering the good times. (laughs) <laughs> is like, what the fuck is happening? It is so bizarre. Sorry, we tend to go on. I that, just need to get that out of my system. Yeah, that goes back to OG Dragon Ball, though, their friendship. So, um, I have Original a question about the uh, Metroid Prime franchise. So, mm-hmm. I, I may be wrong here, but if these games are released on the Switch, this will be the first mobile Metroid Prime game since Metroid Prime Hunters on the nice. DS. Am I wrong? Not yet. You are incorrect there. There was Metroid Prime 2 Samus Returns remade and re-released, like completely remade, um, on the 3DS a couple of years ago. Oh, but that was a Metroid oh. Metroid game, not Metroid Prime. So uh, yes, it was the yes. 2D then, one. Then Metroid Prime, okay. then yes, you are correct. Did you ever play Hunters back on the DS? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I smashed it. It was great. Oh, man. That's the only Metroid Prime game I've ever played, and it was fantastic. It mm. was so good. Very shootery, though, and I don't know if the, the rest of the games are like that. Um, not, not really. They're, it's, it's difficult because the Metroid franchise as a whole, I mean, heck, it's half the point of a Metroidvania is that mm. you walk through an area, you're struggling to beat the things then you have a couple of really cool boss fights and stuff. You get a couple of upgrades and bam, all of a sudden you're so much more fucking powerful and you blitz through that area again. And you've got to do backtracking and stuff like that. Metroid Prime trilogy, like the whole trilogy, is really good at emphasizing that mm. without some of the more gamey mechanics that are in place with like some of the some of the 2D Metroid games. Like you can't shine spark. You can't um, super dash through... Um, everything and just you know destroy everything in your path. You've, every time you go into a room, you've still got to fight people and you've still got to think about it. You've got to. It's a bit more strategic. It's slower and it's a bit more strategic, but it's just as fun. I love both variations of Metroid. Cool, you sold me. I'm buying it. Yeah, I'll be getting this. So I, I really. This is one of those games that I need to. I just need to play. Although in some one. Form. <laughs> one one thing I do want to bring up, and this is more for the Metroid fans that are listening, is that in Metroid Prime 1, I really hope they cut down on a lot of the backtracking because there's a, a big segment at the end where you have to go around the entire map and check for all of these things, and it takes ages because there isn't great sort of backtracking segues. So I hope that they sort of polish that up a little bit. I they, need help really with, they, need, they need help with segues. They should hire me. Speaking of segues, I've got nothing. I've got nothing Ooh. to get to the next one. Uh, we'll just leave you. Um, yeah, you can. You can. We can leave you here on your own. Then you'll be the last of us. <laughs> the last of us. We had a another um, Sony State of Play this week, uh, following on f- up from the brilliant Ghost of Tsushima one. Um, Okay, we had we had our differences regarding the content of it, but I think it was presented really well. We had a Last of Us Two State of Play come out last week. 
Now, we're going to avoid some of the deeper story implications and some of our hopes and wants for this um, game because we are going to do a preview in a few weeks. The game does come out in three weeks um, as of time of release of this podcast, I believe. So let's just go into what the state of play was. And what it was, was fucking impressive. Mm. This was a really sharp... I think these state of plays... um, I don't think every single one we get from now on will be this sort of deep dive into gameplay and stuff like that. I think maybe the next one we get will be a bunch of games. Um, We do have that PS5. Is it going to be a state of play next week? I don't know. Yeah, I Some think sort of so. PS5 Something like that. I think next week. Just really broad strokes. What did you guys think of this? Gilza, I'll let, I'll let you go first. Oh, okay. Well, everything that I saw there was quite impressive. Um, as far as presentation goes, there was some fantastic audio design there. Oh, yeah. there um, the graphics were incredible. Animations as well. Um, facial animations specifically. Um, that was all really, really nice. The gameplay itself, while at points it was quite tense, it was also eh at other points. Um, that interests me. I mean, we will go through the gameplay kind of beat by beat, but that does yeah. interest me because I was the opposite of that. Yeah, it was, you know what? Overall, I was really impressed with what they showed. Simon? I am pretty much in total agreement with, with Keelan there. No? I. I think overall looked amazing. There was like some, as he said, really, really like interesting points, and it like graphically was very, very impressive. But yeah, um, some of the gameplay, I was like, eh, okay. Hmm. Okay, we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, um, I think from like a video editing point of view, this was masterfully done. The way oh, the 100%. the sharp cuts between more peaceful moments like Ellie playing the guitar, cutting to her being injured, built with that music. It had the same... What the original Last of Us does, and I haven't played Last of Us for ages, I'm going to restart it again probably today. It intersperses moments of like tranquility, like the giraffes, with just terror. And that's what this does. It just... Every cut to a, a clicker or, or some combat... It felt like those moments where the clicker sneak up on you. Like, it was just a shock. It was a jolt to the system. Um, and I found that really, really um, nerve-wracking. It was just tonality in line with the gameplay. I, I, I really, really um, appreciated that. So let's just go into some of the story. They did hint at a bit more of the story. So we kind of, at this point, all know that this game will be Ellie's quest for revenge against something that happens not quite clear in this one of course we're playing as ellie rather than joel game starts off in jacksonville in wyoming where the uh first one okay also just a heads up a spoiler warning for a game that released like 10 years ago um the game starts off in jacksonville wyoming where the original one ended relatively peacefully we hope but it it clearly (laughs) doesn't you'll see yourself going all over the Pacific Northwest, Southwest, America, somewhere, I don't know. Um, one of the, you go to Seattle, so we know we're going to Seattle. When they show off Seattle, there is an area, there's like docks with a, with a Ferris wheel. And when they show it, it's nighttime and it's raining and I'm already shitting my pants <laughs> just looking at that area. I'm like, I know what will happen here. I'm going to fight clickers and they're going to be wet. And I don't want oh. that. Because they're already very wet. I thought it was going to be clowns, but... Okay. Soggy, soggy clown clickers. Oh my God, mm. could you imagine? Can you start making up porn terms? <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> so, in Last of Us 1, um, sorry, part one, we had the fireflies with the, sort of the human antagonists. In this one, looks like we have two groups, uh, and they're warring against each other as well. We have the Washington Liberation Front, or the WLF, they were a resistance against the military occupi- um, occupation of Seattle. They rose up, took back power, took all the uh, army's guns and sort of want to run Seattle. We had the Seraphites, which are religious zealots, also referred to as scars, as they've cut deep scars into their own face, as you do, I guess. 
these are mm. the motherfuckers we've seen in previous trailers doing some real ritualistic shit on people. Um, we see in this one, uh, a few of them, are, a few of the scars are holding somebody down, and some sort of leader says, "Clip her wings," mm. and they bring mm. down a hammer on her on her arm, which brings into the one of the things that Neil Druckmann has really pushed about this game. I think he said the first game was about loss, I believe. This one's about rage, and you can feel that. This is brutality, as I've never really seen it in a game, because a lot of games that go over top brutal, say, your doom, are cartoonish in it. This feels real and weighted and has some sort of consequence when you, um, just kind of skipping forward to a bit of gameplay stuff, when you're stabbing people or slitting throats, they don't just drop. The people suffer. You hear them gasping for breath. And you could hear blood gurgly, and it made me uncomfortable. This is going to be a very uncomfortable game to play. Jesse, I mm. think more so than that is the fact that Ellie acknowledges that in the game. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, yeah. there's a certain scene in that gameplay sequence where um, she holds a person who's busy playing a PlayStation Vita. Um, playing Miami. She's yeah. playing Hotline Miami. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's that. <laughs> uh, She's like the, one of the, eight people. Right. Exactly. Um she holds Could this person, me? and um, then she she tells her to calm down. She she asks her a question and tries to get information from her, and then this woman tries to pull a knife out onto her, and Ellie is forced to stab her, and she kind of yeah. acknowledges like her frustration yeah, she's like, that with was having dumb. to to yeah exactly to sort of um, kill this person to protect herself. Um, yeah, I I really want to see more of that where. Because what Ellie is doing throughout all of this here is horrible serial killer shit. It's yeah, it, awful. Yeah, it's twisted and it, it goes into her character. Like she's in the first one, there was an angle that I saw explained. Um, I think I heard it on maybe Beyond, on IGN podcast, um, where they were talking about how in the first one, she likes to experience things. She likes to play um, those arcade games. She likes to read comics and stuff like that. She wants to experience the whole world because she knows where her journey, where she believes her journey will end. Mm. She knows what's going to happen if she's a cure. Um, in this one, it just seems like she's a good person that has been so twisted by the world and she needs to survive in the world. But at heart, she's still a good person and she, she knows she can't live by being a good person. And that is like the internal battle in her. I, I think... The depth they've created with her character and what I think some of the things that they could explore in this game are going to be genuine kind of like milestone moments in gameplay. In, uh, sorry, game storytelling. Mm. Um, so just going back to the characters as well, we also have, you know, the infected, everyone's favourites. Uh, the click, click of the back, of course. Um, one of the most horrifying noises in video games. <laughs> that, that sound puts me on edge, that clicking. Oh, yeah gross uh we've got the stalkers they're, they're the the sneaky clickers i guess um we've got a few new ones we've got the shamblers these are the big overgrown fat man that spits spores at you real gross real wet you know what i mean they're <laughs> yeah. spitting their acids at you they're running at you they're screaming they're they're a, they're a nightmare there's also Moist. a um, <laughs> there is a area that's been shown a few times or a scene shown a few times in some previous trailers and in this gameplay footage where you see two shamblers and there is a red light. I believe it could be a flare. And you know that that part of the game is going to be so hard. It gives me that vibe of, um, you know, number one, when you're Joel and you're down turning on the power for the elevator. And when you turn mm. on, the whole room fills up and it's just mm. one of the hardest parts of the game. Yeah. I'm getting real that vibes. Um, plus, Neil Druckmann, who was narrating the whole trailer, said there are other types of infected um, that we'll find throughout the game. Ooh. And then you heard some of them and they sound like goddamn hell beast. Yeah, I, they sound um, pretty gross. They gave me the heebies and the jeebies. I didn't... Uh, well, you can't gross. have the heebies without the jeebies. So. You can't have them. You can't have them. <laughs> These characters, let me tell you, they sound real wet. Um, <laughs> also, How many times I, can Jesse say wet in one episode? Oh, wet and see. Um, we oh. also get... <laughs> I wanted to continue. You know when you see like a movie and somebody does, somebody does like a slam dunk and they walk away and they're cool? I was going to yeah. try and do that with that joke, but you know, fuck it. I'll, I'll revel in it. Um, 
I think we're going to get the Fireflies in this one as well. I don't think they're completely disbanded. I mean, why would they be? Because mm. one of the big sort of marketing pictures we see coming out of this game um, and in the trailer is a street sign with the Firefly logo still on it. Is that remnants of them or are they still searching for a cure? Are they still, are they pissed? Are they hunting you? Who knows? Um, so I think there's a f- few more um, uh, factions at play here. Yeah. Jumping. And of course, because they said that's um, mostly for Seattle as well. Yeah. Whereas, you know, they've expressed that there's plenty of other places that's that you're going to go. That's a very, very good so. point. Um, I imagine, like, Seattle itself will have uh, more of the uh, WLF and then the surrounding areas, maybe between cities, you'll have the Scars. Because they're, mu- they're much more stealth and silent weapons, bows and arrows, stringing people up by their feet in trees and then cutting their guts open. Mm. It's gross. They're real yeah. wet. Um, why has wet become my term for just like horror? Let's just jump into the new systems don't at like play. It. I don't, don't like, like it, it either. Um, no. Guys, not only can you jump in this one, you can Please. swim. Remember Please. in number one when it's like, Joel, I can't swim. It's like, can you try? Can you like float? Can you hold onto my back? No, go get this bit of wood. I'm like, fuck. What are you Thank doing? God. That was a major get some frustration float- for floaties me. floaties or something like that, my dude. Um, I mean, it makes sense. Sorry, yeah. it makes sense that you can jump and swim. She's more agile than Joel, so you want her to feel like she's a bit more control of her environment. So I like that. Um, very open world. This mm, is something that I yeah. wasn't expecting as much. You Let's actually see. ride a horse around. This is the um, thing that I'm not a huge fan of, Jesse, because I like that The Last of Us is like kind of linear and claustrophobic at times Mm. that's important part of its atmosphere and now you've got this big open world like every other game and like there's gonna be side quests and blah 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 well okay well i think that's something (laughs) i don't think i don't think it's gonna be that sort of open world it's gonna be open world in the same way say a um not a metal gear solid 5 but say a metal gear solid snake eater here's a big area go through it as you as you must I don't but like I think that. I don't mind it. Um, give me a path, like a little tight little scripted Keelan, thing. Keelan, if you want through. a path, go for a fucking walk. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oof. Cop that, okay? I no, am defending Ellie's no, honor. I, 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 I don't know. I kind of agree with, with Keelan's on this one as well. Because like The Last of Us worked as well as it did because in a generation filled of like with survival horror games, it took all of the best bits of survival horror games and just tightened the screws on it and made it really, really, really nice to play. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I feel like they're shoehorning in an open world thing because that's the current gimmick of this generation is oh, it's open. A big strength, I think, of the first Last of Us as well is pacing. And the moment you give a player a giant, massive uh, arena to go and explore, mm. they're going to go and do that. And the pacing of your storytelling and all that kind of stuff I is kind of thrown off by that. I think this is presumptive. I don't think that it's not that sort of open world. It's not that huge. I think it's like, here's, I hope it's you, you, here's like an area you can go through. I think what they're doing more is rather than open space, they're making it multi-leveled. You see in the footage where Ellie can climb up rather than going through these tunnels where there are clearly clickers. She goes up and goes over them. But maybe going over them, she's more likely to run into human enemies. I think it's more giving player freedom than completely opening the thing up. Um, And I have enough trust in them to be like, they're going to make taking, you know, option A and option B equally terrifying and have their own challenges. And it depends on how you want to play the game. Hmm. I don't yeah. think they're, they're not giving you a massive it. open world to explore. Um, I don't think we're going to have like side quests and stuff like that. There's no way in hell. I hope not. not well, I mean, nothing's hinted towards that, so I don't think we can. Oh, we'll see. We will <laughs> see. I'll see, you, I'll see you in video game court. Wet man. In wet hell. Oh. <laughs> wet hell. Oh, God, we've got to stop coming up with these um, porn terms. Um, we also see there are some, speaking of wet, there are some. Um, flooded areas of seattle where you get around using a boat this is the boat that now some um reviewers do have a copy of the game um 
to review. We don't. Thanks, Sony. We didn't ask. Bastards. Yeah. Just send us stuff. Damn. Mm. Um, this is what is on the opening menu screen, this boat. Um, I like how boats are becoming Sony's thing. I hope Spider-Man 2 mm. has a boat. And Horizon, so then all four <laughs> of their big games oh, have boats. I want the God of War boat in this game. Um, another system that makes me very uncomfortable is going to be guard dogs in the game. Now, we've mm. heard about this, but this is the first time we've really seen it in action. Um, in Last of Us, you have sort of a, a sense of your surroundings where you can sense if a person's there. Cool, magic, why not? The dogs seem to have that as well. They can sniff you out. So if a guard has a dog, dog knows where you are. You need to keep on moving. Now, they have stressed that you can beat the game without harming a dog. It's just very hard. As I said to you guys in the pre-show, I want there to be an achievement for that. I want it to be like various levels of like good boy, depending on the difficulty. And if you complete the hardest difficulty without harming a dog, you get an achievement. It's like you are the goodest boy. And they send you a dog. (laughs) Just just one one puppy. A naughty Um, dog. Hey. Um, you can also go around in the uh, tall grass because you can the go. Staff. <laughs> it's like, here you go. This is Philip. Um, <laughs> the thing I'm really excited for is you can go prone. Going prone, it should be in most games. I don't, I don't know. Um, so you can crawl around in the grass. It, the grass, very much like um, say games like Horizon, isn't going to hide you 100. percent If an enemy gets too close, you're gonna have to fight him. But it keeps you out of a lot of trouble. Um. Something that's very cool is you can now dodge attacks. It looks yeah, like a, yeah. it looks like a very simple timing based system, but the animations it's, are spot on. It's very similar to Resident Evil Three Remake with that little quick dodge. Ooh, that you good, get. good comparison that one. Um, I think it, it looked good. It's just mm. a small little gameplay touch. I'm excited for it. Um, we also see <laughs> one of my favorite moments in the whole trailer is like in the first one you can throw stuff, you can throw bottles, bricks, rocks. She throws a rock at some dude's head, runs up to him, and just fucking slits his throat. It's like, <laughs> what a shitty way to go. Um, you've got your buddies. You imagine? On your quest with you, we've seen a few different characters um, in this game. Uh, introduced characters will help you rather than run around like Ellie used to do um, when you were playing as Joel in, uh, in part one. They'll actually, you know, shoot a clicker. They're trying to attack you and shit like that. Um, hmm. And in one of the examples that they showed absolutely hack the shit out of them with machete like he was pissed um you can use different factions against each other and the infected so if you see some clickers next to some scars you can throw a rock get them interacting with each other you can you know go through and just take out the rest of them or you can get involved or whatever you want to do um plus you've got the training manuals um used as like skill points you find them throughout the world and you use them to upgrade you know your uh, little stat boost and stuff like that. And you've also got the workbench um, mm. system, which looks cool. You actually, like, put your gun together. I like actually seeing it done. Mm. So in the trailer, you put a six-time <laughs> scope on a rifle. I like it. It looks good. Um, it's visually interesting. Is it necessary for this type of game? Why not? Why? I think the question you should ask is why rather than why not. You're just making more um, gameplay for yourself freedom. features because that you're not it, going it, to it's use. a game that you can play either stealthy or you can go in all guns are blazing. So I think giving players the freedom to customize their loadout to suit their gameplay style helps. I don't really use throwballs. I use a lot of snipers. I'm not going to use a shotgun. Yeah. I never do. I'm more shooting from a distance. That semi stealth gameplay where I will kill people from a distance. They know that they're all dying. And I'm not doing exactly quiet, but they just don't know where I am. That's how I play it. Um, some people want to get an organ. One of the really great things about Last of Us 1 and 2, actually, because um, they both share this element, is that the crafting system is entirely in-game with a really simple, beautiful, minimal menu. It's really, really yeah. well done. The UI I have is basically identical. Yeah. What? Uh. I that's, that's, that's my thing. Like you can, you can do so much. And you saw Ellie uh, create a whole bunch of cool weapons like she she took a stick at one point like a giant stick and she attached spikes to it which the, she then used to like impale some dude it was awesome like oh my God, that, mm, why yeah, do we I need a that. table for your guns and stuff like we've got this amazing in-game crafting system already 
so if, like I think it comes down to you can do basic stuff on the fly or you can do stuff that you've already learned on the fly like you mm-hmm. learned the recipe you can craft on the fly you know how to do it whereas if you're learning something the first time it could be very much like um, uh, what was the Star Wars game that came out last year uh, uh, Fallen Order. Order Fallen Order when you find a new uh, lightsaber piece at a, at a table that could be the go you find these new pieces at tables and you put it together and then later on because the things that she makes on the fly are consumable they can break you need to make them on the fly it looks like the stuff that she does at the table are actual modifications so she puts a scope on her rifle at the table whereas on the fly she was making molotovs mm. I guess I, I don't I, like the table because it reminds me of Fallout 4 and we all know how yeah. that turned out but don't let don't let Fallout 4... I know Fallout 4 has ruined a lot of things for a lot of people. Don't let it ruin tables. The one <laughs> thing we still have. All right, let's do a quick go-through of the gameplay. So we saw about seven minutes of gameplay. I'm just going to go kind of go through it beat for beat. Um, it, this shows off a little bit of everything that they've um, been, been talking about in the last few reveals and articles and stuff that have come out. That could be one of the reasons it did feel, at moments, to be fair... It did feel disjointed at moments because they were trying to show different styles of gameplay, rather than and going through it smoothly as you know. And as that I would in and of it. itself wasn't where I sort of uh, wasn't impressed. That well, that wasn't my problem. Like I get that. We'll go through we'll, it, and then at the end we'll um, kind of go through what we thought of the gameplay itself. Yeah. Um. So it starts off with Ellie swimming. Good way to show it off. Be like, hey, no, nah, yeah, she can swim. Fuck, we heard you. Great. Um. She also can dive. So she's diving through this sort of overgrown area to infiltrate a hideout she gets to the hideout she pops out like Keelan mentioned before we have my hero of 2020 the playstation vita lady um <laughs> she's got her headphones in she's playing hotline man she's having the fucking time of her life and ellie ruins her day ask a few questions uh woman's like nah i'm gonna fucking try and stab you dude tries to stab ellie ellie's like nah stabs her in the esophagus very graphically she falls and you hear her breathing through that new windpipe that she's got. <laughs> and Ellie's like, ah, like, I wish you didn't do that. But I like, yeah. like you had this moment of just t- horror. And you saw the Hotline Mammy um, soundtrack playing in the background. It's really cool. I wish you could play that music for the rest of the game. Um, so, yeah, I guess some, somewhat ironic playing Hotline Mammy and then getting stabbed in the throat. Um, yeah. <laughs> then you go to the next room. You see um, two NPC members of the WLF. Um, they're talking about one of them's talking about her girlfriend's a soldier, and they're like, it, it makes it easier. Gets that showing off the relationships. So NPCs will have relationships with each other, whether that's friends, families, lovers, whatever. If you harm someone that they are um, have an emotional attachment to, their response to you will be different. So when she's going through this area, she's taking her people with a um, silencer, which is like a bottle screwed onto the end. It's like a really fat silencer. It's pretty cool. Um, you hear people like crying out in pain when their friend gets shot. Like they cry out their name, which adds a little bit of weight to the moment. It makes it everyone feel a little bit more human. It made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. She uses a silencer on a few people, takes a dude hostage, tells them to shut up. In Ellie's defense, he doesn't shut up. So she stabs him. Um, this sort of sets off some events where everyone's a bit like, whoa, you can't do that. Um, they're chasing after her. The part I hated very much, she makes a Molotov, um, like oh, Keelan says, she also picks a piece of wood and puts a uh, some knives into it or some scissors into it. That comes into play soon. She makes a Molotov as well and throws it at um, a dude and his dog. And the dog's yelp will haunt me for all eternity. Oh, God, I felt so bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I oh, didn't like that at all. That was too okay. realistic. Give him, like, a shitty animal. Like, oh, what's, that, what's, like, a shitty animal? Like a dolphin or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't like dolphins. <laughs> um, she then jumps away. She, I think she realizes, like, oh, my God, I am a fucking monster for what I just did. So she runs away. Ellie runs away, that is. And um, sort of re-establishes her stealth mode. She starts using her um, bow and arrow to perform some long-distance brain surgery in a few villains. Um, then the stealth aspect doesn't last too long. She uses a smoke grenade. 
uh, takes somebody as a human shield, shoots the guy aiming at her, and then doesn't stab this person in the throat or slit her throat. Nothing, nothing as inhuman as that. Rearranges her fucking liver with a shiv. <laughs> she damages her liver like Jin has during ISO for me, okay? It was unnecessary. Then the uh, aforementioned bat with a knife and it comes into play because she goes around the corner. Oh no, the dude with the machine gun. Ellie, how are you going to get out of this one? She fucking clocks this motherfucker with the biggest hit across their head like absolute home run that <laughs> hit hurt me to watch um tries to escape through a locked door not even to finish off finish it off pew, 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 few shots gets to the door closes it up runs up the stairs hears some music you find out that she's been chasing after a woman named Nora um Nora seems like some sort of senior member of the uh Washington Liberation Front Crawls through the grates, jumps down behind Nora, holds a gun to her. You can see absolute fear in Nora's eyes. And she says, do you remember me? Yeah, you remember me. Cue music. I liked it. Now, we'll start with you, Keelan. What were your concerns about this gameplay footage? Um, I don't know. I've just seen similar things before. It kind of looked like it was nice. They were using all the different tools that they had there, but... I know that if I pick that game up, I will be able to use a single weapon and just cheese my way through it. No problems whatsoever. Yeah, um, but have you ever seen a game um, where you can't do that? Yeah, actually. Well, I have seen a few. <coughs> Obligatory uh, Doom mention. Um, Breath but, of the Wild, your favorite yeah. weapon breaks. To be fair, you can do yeah. that control. Yes, I mentioned it. Um, God damn uh, it. I was... <laughs> I mean, it was okay. It, but like, it was but like, fine. Um, let's but no, you to, that, think about it from the point did, of view. They're trying to advertise their game and promo their game. They're not going to show that. Sure, you can do it, but why would they show that? I, just, I know. Just I'm because you can do saying, it doesn't mean they should show it. Saying that when I look at the game, I know that I'm going to play it that way and the game is going to have no issue with me doing that. Okay, that's fine. That makes the combat not that interesting to me. What is interesting mm. to me is everything else that, is, that surrounds it. Um, I don't like the dog thing at all. I don't like it. It needs to stop. I, I wish they can... You should have a mode where you can take the dogs out or something or replace them with, like, something horrible, like bears. Bears are fine. Bears. Replace them with fucking dolphins. Dolphins are shit. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, man. It just doesn't It doesn't sell me that much. It just... I don't feel a lot when I, when I see the gameplay. But, like I said, the story looks interesting um the characters the um animation and just the 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 graphical work there that makes me interested to progress the story to see where uh, where it ends up i want to see all the environments i want to see all of that stuff i just don't really want to do the combat it doesn't look that interesting other than the only thing that i did like is of course the crafting system which has remained the same from the previous game it's great it's perfect don't fix what isn't what isn't broken what about you simon uh the the way i sort of thought about it was similar to the way keelan thought about it but similar statement about the crafting system hasn't changed from last of us part one neither is the combat and for me personally the combat with the last of us part one was overall pretty good but it felt very cumbersome and not massively engaging in a lot of places and i see almost a mirror image here i feel like it's going to absolutely be the case it's going to be like right well i've got no choice but to fight through these guys in this area because that's just where i'm being forced to go down for story purposes i don't want to fight these guys like i don't have like i don't i think you both kind of said that but then you also don't want the open world multiple choice you know you can take it on multiple ways going around them and stuff like that but you also don't want to fight them yeah, because, right, I, I feel like it's more more of a... If you're being shoehorned into fighting 10 enemies, it feels like a chore. Hmm. And that's, that's because the game is, f- like, forcing you down that path. Whereas if you have a bit more of an organic system, which is... I mean, they were trying to show that off, you know, when you stealth around, kill a couple of people, and, you know, sneak your way around. 
cool. That's not, not so much of an issue. You have that liberty of choice in the way you approach combat. I'm not, I don't like it with the exploration. The exploration, I think, for Last of Us should be, hey, here's your path, go for it. But when it comes to, an, uh, to a, a combat arena, hey, you've got all of these different options you can pick. Variety in combat is key. And I, I, I don't feel like there's going to be much variety in combat here. I think you get enough... Like, they're going for semi-realism on this one. So you're not going to get crazy combat choices because you wouldn't. I think it is all very, like... It's a survival horror game um, at its core. So you, you shouldn't have a multitude of options. You should be like, hey, you're, you're really getting through each area by the skin of your teeth. You, there are going to be moments where you don't have options. You need to do things a certain way because that's just adding to the horror. The claustrophobia yeah. of it is like, no, you have to do it this way. Like, There's no other way because if this is real life, you would have no other option. I think that's one of the things the game does is takes away control. Control, you should all play control. Control is a great game, but it takes away control <laughs> in order to add to how tense the game is. I think kind of looking at it as like, we're not going to have these options. It's going to be too open world. I think it's a bit presumptive. We have to kind of go on what we've seen so far and what we know we've done with the last one, um, with part one. I think we're going to be fine here. I, I, I'm, I I'm super keen in it and... I, mean, I think I think overall it's going to be ab- like I don't think the combat's going to be bad by any measure because the combat isn't bad, but I just feel like I want to have oh look hang on there's you know that thing up above this guy that's slightly out of place I wonder if I shoot it am I going to get rewarded for that and cause something to fall on this guy or is it just going to be I'm going to waste a bullet shooting a, a prop in the in the environment. I don't think. I mean, to me personally, that's, that doesn't add too much because that's just that's, that's just the exploding barrels, really. You get that in, in, no, in areas. Fuck exploding barrels, God. But it, it's the same sort of thing. You want to shoot something to get an environmental effect. I don't know. Yes, that, but you want. I, I want it to be more natural than just. Hey, look, here's a barrel of explosive material propped next oh, to yeah, this guy. I'm using, using that as, as an example because I mean, but almost yeah, all course, games I, I, use no, that. I, know. I don't know. But I mean, like you know, you can make it subtle. You can make it little things that. Um, if you use her, like, Ellie's sensibility, um, uh, you know, oh, hang on, that that brick is, you know, highlighted. But I can't, the angle I'm standing at, if I shoot the brick, it's not going to do anything. Oh, I think- Can I climb up and push off a couple of bricks onto the top of this guy's head? I mean, yes, <laughs> but that would be one of the most, like, intensive games in history to make. And you could apply that thinking to any game basically ever made. If you want full contextual environmental impacts, we I think we kind of have to judge the game on what we've seen, not mm. what would other things would like, like other systems would like in it. I would like a system where you don't have a dog, or Ellie no. gets a dog. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Um, like one John thing Wick. that I did did want to mention as well is that it's something that I've just accepted now. Um, I've come to terms with, but Naughty Dog the way that they handle gunplay in their games is below the standard of many other games that also feature shooting as a central mechanic. It's It doesn't feel as good. Like, it doesn't feel as satisfying to fire a weapon in a Naughty Dog game as it would to fire a weapon in, like, an Epic Games uh, game. So that yeah, that's I, I think for for me that is why the combat is not interesting to me because the weapons are not interesting and it won't feel good to shoot um a, a standard below naughty dog i'd say would be rockstar games their weapons feel absolutely garbage and just they feel like nothing to use um they're pea shooters yeah it's it, it i don't know do you guys get that as well yeah, is I, that a thing that, for that, you that, yeah. that's a fair that's fair yeah. criticism of naughty dog games as a whole but again, yeah, to me, I, I that isn't their, com- that's, that's their a combat. Isn't about shooting. I don't love it. Yeah, um, that's the reason I don't I love got, the combat. But something they do have quite um, down quite well is the bow and arrow. Yes, I, I will agree with that. I explode, um, the explosive arrows in this one look so good. There's a moment in the trailer where you see some dude just like, oh my god, walking around, bang, blown up. Um, oh, dude. Gotta say, the sound effects for the weapons. Oh, uh, so that Jesus Christ. The, you know the, the pistol with the silence on it? Yeah. And, of course, <laughs> the bow and arrow as well. Oh, it sounds... Sounds great. Immaculate. Um, also, yeah. sorry, speaking of people blowing up, there is a short little clip in this one. I think it was exp- expanded on in a previous trailer 
where you see it looks like a guy steps onto a mine that you set up. And he becomes like like gas. <laughs> he just becomes like a red uh-huh. puff. And it is a lot to see. It is <laughs> intense. It's one of the most uh, graphic depictions of somebody blowing up I've ever seen in the game. Because it's not it's um, not just like big chunks going everywhere. It's yeah. no, he is <laughs> gone. He's vaporized. You are breathing him in. But, um, Real wet. Yeah, that, that's a bit of a gross thought. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think to sort of sum up the way I feel about it is to, to put a bit of a spin on what Keelan said in regards to the crafting system. It's more of the same. And whilst that is perfect for the crafting system. I don't feel like that's perfect for the combat because I feel like The Last of Us Part 1, the combat could have been improved and I don't feel like it's been improved. I think it, to me, just like kind of, I'm like Jerry Springer with my final thoughts here. Um, <laughs> the gameplay was not the main focus of the game. Like, so the gunplay wasn't the main focus of the game. No. So no I, I'm but, fine with that. They're not going to just put a bunch of effort into it. They were putting in effort with... Um, animations and uh, clearly with storytelling and world building and stuff like that hmm. so I, and that's all the stuff i'm excited for i think all of that yeah. looks great agreed and overall i'm very excited for this game and obviously my thoughts on the combat might be different it might control and feel control. really nice when it's in your hand stop it jesse thank you because <laughs> i said the word control, control. um <laughs> stop it um, but you know it might feel really really good and super responsive and tight and like there's a lot of um i don't know responsiveness i guess when i'm playing it but from the trailer i didn't get that feeling okay you're all wrong let's wrap it up <laughs> <laughs> all right um if you want to hear us more um check us out on spotify and itunes and stitcher and red tube and all the all the bloody places you can find us um subscribe leave us a review you can also check out other fan critical podcasts on all good podcasting services um with their massive backlog you're sure to find something that will appease your ears um if you want to shoot us an email story mode video game podcast at gmail.com uh check us a follow over on facebook and twitter at story mode pod uh, and jump on to patreon if you have um a few bucks you can throw our way get access to a few extra shows and to the Discord server run by Simon Evans. You can talk shit with Simon. Hello. So? Talk, talk to me about how much you hate my opinion of The Last of Us 2. I'm here for it. Do I have to um, go on our Patreon to get access to that server? Yes, to talk? You, you, you have to pay for the privilege to have a go at me, Jesse. Neil Druckmann, I defended you. <laughs> Send me a check, buddy. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Keelan, cheers, buddy. Thank you, Jesse. Simon, cheers, buddy. Thank you, Jesse. And everyone, thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next week. A big kiss, a big wet kiss for you around the forehead. Stop saying wet. Coming in. (laughs) Nope. See you guys. All right. Bye. Bye. I'm going to kill this fucking dog. (laughs)